Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you weekly by Woody Overton, Jim Rathman, and executive producer Toby Tompley. descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and is intended for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. Jim and I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling were told to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victim. My description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Uh, Jim, the hitman rapping, is not going to be in the studio with me today, but I do have a very special guest. But first and foremost... For all you lifers out there, I want you to understand we will always continue to seek justice for Courtney Coco. We work on our case every day, and we're not going to quit until the arrests are made. We haven't forgotten about it, and we will continue to work on it. So keep that in mind. Having said that, we're going to be starting a new series, um, and I'm, I'm going to call it what happened to Barbara Blunt. And very special guest in the studio today to to help start the series. And y'all know we're raw and unscripted, and so just bear with me and we'll, we'll bounce around a little bit. But my guest is the Honorable Sheriff Jason Ard, who is a sheriff at Livingston Parish. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Woody. Hey, thank you for being here. It's a real pleasure. Uh, um, everybody... Before we get into the base facts of, of, of the case, I want to take a minute and talk to Sheriff Ard. Um, listeners, I know that when most people think of the sheriffs or you, know, you think of a politician or you think they may have some law enforcement experience, et cetera, like I've worked with sheriffs when I was with state police and I worked with different offices all over the state and some sheriffs had some law enforcement experience, some were retired troopers, whatever, but the... I think what makes Sheriff Ard unique is, and I know his history, is his experience in the law enforcement 
uh, field, and, and it's not just a politician. So, Sheriff, I, don't, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if you, if you don't mind, can, can you tell us about your career? I think the reason I'm doing this is because I know it's unique, and, and I want the people to understand that you're not just a politician. Yeah, I kind of I I do like that because I don't like people to know me as a politician. Right, right. Uh, You know, unfortunately, it comes with a job whenever you run for sheriff. Right. Uh, But I started my career at the sheriff's office in 1993, and uh, fresh out of high school, I didn't really know anything. The only reason I I was drawn to law enforcement is because before that, I was a cadet in the Dillon Springs Police Department as a teenager, and I just fell in love with it. But went to uh, work at the Livingston Parish Detention Center. And back then it was the Paris jail. Right. And I worked there for about uh, three years. And then not long after that, I was actually pulled to go on the street. I worked the street as a uh, road deputy for about two years. And I was promoted as the supervisor over the road. And that was going uh, to be in about 97. Okay. And worked in that capacity for another two and a half years and then was moved into detective division. Right. And I think during that time um, was probably when you probably came on board. I would right. I would think as a, as a road deputy, right. and uh, but I left, worked in, on the street for a while, and then I left. Went like I said with the detectives, and then was in detectives for a couple of years, and was promoted to. I, I say promoted. I was actually moved into the training division, right. uh, where I actually took on the role of uh, a training officer as well as the full time SWAT commander. Right. And in fact, you you started this. I, I did this, uh, actually back in '97 when I was a patrol supervisor. We started kind of touring around. We're trying to start some kind of a SWAT team because we didn't have one. And at the time, we had some. I can't recall the officer's name right off my hand. I hate that I can't recall his name, but there was an officer. That was killed. He was a narcotic officer in Baton Rouge yeah, yeah. doing a search I warrant. Right. Um, and uh, and, and we were starting to have a lot of search warrants in Livingston, and we just felt like it was time to make a change. And right. so I uh, went to the sheriff at the time, and, and he allowed me to start doing some research and, and sent me to training all over, and we created our, our SWAT team right. in 97. So right. I did that for several years, as long, as far as, and as well as training up until the year of 08. And so... That wasn't long after Katrina, which was in, in, in 05, we, I was moved to the, the courthouse and was uh, made a, the chief operations. Right. And then from 08, um, I'm sorry, that was in 06. It was right after Hurricane Katrina. I was chief operations in 08 is whenever I was promoted to uh, chief deputy. Right. And then, of course, in 2011, sheriff approached me about running for sheriff. He was ready to retire. And in 2012, I was sworn in as sheriff. Right, Lewis and Parish. So today, as I'm sitting here, I'm in uh, finishing up my 28th year at the sheriff's office. That's amazing. What I've done my right. whole life, right. and uh, the, 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 say this, sheriff. It, I mean, to cover it, basically, y'all. He's done everything from jail guard to working the street, answering the calls, uh, dealing with the public on a daily basis. Everything that y'all have heard me talk about in past episodes to detect us and in then, you know, supervisor positions. And when, when you're out doing the training and everything, that's not, that's all aspects of training for everybody in law enforcement. That's not just 
firearms training. It's it, it, whatever classes, advanced classes, and people were coming through. He had his hands on it every day. Then getting into the chief operations or, or before chief deputy, you got into the almost what we call the coat and tie side of things, right? right. And uh, supervising, that really takes your aspect. So you've covered and touched every single aspect of the department before you were sheriff. Right. And and, right. and it's safe to say, you, you know, coming up on 30 years, that you dedicate your whole life to protecting and servicing the citizens of Livingston Parish. It is without a that's, doubt. That's and what you do. That's, it, your that's whole what life. I do. It's, it's uh, I mean, I, I don't know anything else. I was fixing to say, if you took <laughs> you know, that away is, from you, who who would you be, right? You wouldn't. That's who right, defines you at this point. Right. And and I and I take it to heart because I I truly love my parish. I, I was do. I was born yeah. here, raised here, right. and I, I I truly love Livingston Parish, the, right. the community, and I uh, just I love what I do. I love I love being a part of the sheriff's office yeah. and. And I tell my, my, my deputies all the time, I'm just a name and a face. Right. And, uh, and the reason I tell them that is because I was in their shoes, and I know what exactly. it's like to have boots on the ground. I know it's a right to have the the vehicle pursuits, the foot exactly. pursuits, yeah. and, and having to, you know, stay up all hours of the night and sometimes sure. go 48 hours trying sure. to get a a, a, a crime solved right. just because you want to bring the, closure to that family. You know, you know what it's like to take catch a 30 minute nap on top of your desk that's right that's right and you know we yeah. we take these these uh these cases serious because uh i always say this our deputies live in livingston parish their kids go to school in this parish. they right. have friends we're, right. we're so intertwined we're so connected right and when we have these type of crimes uh any type of crime but you know homicides and, and we take them personally right. because it, we feel like it's it's in our backyard right and yeah. it really is it's in right. our backyard right and and i think that's it what sets Living Parish Sheriff's Office apart, and I've talked about that in the past. It's the people, the you know, the family aspect of it is very real, and 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 but that shows and and y'all's level of professionalism, et cetera. But thank you for that. I, I just want y'all listeners to understand if you could go out and find another sheriff in in Louis in the state of Louisiana that has had his toes in every aspect. Of the job, I want to meet him because this is the only one that I know. Uh, but okay, Sheriff, the we're here today about Miss Barbara Blunt. Now, I want to talk to her about a second. I started getting calls on Miss Barbara Blunt like almost after we dropped our first episode, and I, I knew a little bit of, about the case from the news media. I had, had gone on from uh, the department by that time. But she must have been something really special because everybody that's reached out to me, they're all different people, right? And and I don't know that much about her yet, and we're going to get with the family next week, hopefully, and, and, and talk with them so we can let them tell about Miss Barbara and, right. and what kind of lady she was, et cetera. But the, it's so much interest in this case from so many different people, and it got to the point where especially when we started doing the Courtney Coco series that uh, and people were listening to episodes and they really started blowing me out. I was like, Hey, call your share. Yeah. yeah and, and, right. and, and so, but this is unique. And I didn't know that it was actually a term It's called crowdsourcing. And, and until we did the Courtney Coco case where, and it's not, not many people have ever taken this, this venue of reaching outside the normal channels other than 
uh, Crime Stoppers or whatever, reaching outside the normal channels and using the public and 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 the right. listeners to help solve crimes. And and but it's you know it's a very real thing, and these people are very passionate about it. And, and we get people from all over the world, like on the Coco case, you would think it was it was their sister, and yeah. and and but. Uh, the angle being that a lot of people, for whatever reason, will come forward and, and say things anonymous or say things to us that they won't say to law enforcement. Yeah, mm-hmm. and which I thought was so crazy. I don't know, never would have thought it'd have been like that. But I'm gonna say this: the y'all, Sheriff Ard, uh, really has has. Opened up, and I, I'd say red carpet treatment, but he's opened up the doors and let us come in. He, had, I mean, full access to the case file, et cetera. And I'm gonna tell you this: my preliminary review of the file and meeting with the the deputies that meeting with the deputies. Uh, that w- worked the case, and including Sheriff Hart. And that, Sheriff, during this time, you you weren't just sitting in the office on this case, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I went through y'all, and there's not one single thing that I would have done different. In fact, that, that I was amazed by the, the outside-the-box thinking that your guys did and you did to to – Go outside the box before this, even mm-hmm. and so this y'all. This is totally different than than the Coco case. This is this is the finest example of law enforcement work that could be done. And and so when you lifers when we're dealing with this case, you remember this is this is different. We have we have the access. We have the level of professionalism. There's no. Uh, there's no negativity, no shadiness, or anything. That this is strictly just a tough deal. Now, when you have cases, you can have. There's two ends of the spectrum. There can be a case where literally the the officer could be on scene and see somebody kill somebody, a smoking gun, and you have all the evidence, video, everything in the world, just a perfect, and then get confessions. I mean, where everything can go absolutely perfect. But then for everything there is, there's an opposite. And I would say Miss Barbara Blunt's case is the total opposite. I would call it a ghost case. And I'm, I'm going to let Sheriff talk about it for a minute. But y'all, we got to have it, your help. But the this case is just, for lack of a better word, it's bizarre. Uh, it um, really is. It, Sheriff, can you just tell us a, a little bit about it? Well, you know, this... It, I'm proud to say I don't have very many cases that haunt me, right, that right, actually right, bother right, me, right, right. And, and, and sometimes do, that, that will keep you up at night. Sure. And, uh, and I know that a lot of the detectives that worked on this case share the same feeling I do, that it, this, this case really bothered us. I right. mean, they all do, but this one is just was unique. And, right. uh, and, and the fact where you have a lady like Miss Barbara that is uh, very loved by her family. Mm-hmm. She has a, uh, she's a Christian lady that's very, thought very highly, people think very highly of her. Right. And, you know, she comes up missing. And there is no crime scene. And when right. I say that, I mean, even we had the FBI come in. It's the cleanest crime scene right. I've ever seen. And then things went worked against us on this case. It, um, it seemed like it seemed like 
everything worked against it, you. It was. It was just like it like was just a perfect storm. Normally, whenever you bats. work in a case, you go from, you know, you find the first little bit of evidence, and that leads to another sure. piece of evidence, and then and then you're starting to put these pieces of the puzzle together. Right. And we couldn't even find a, a piece of a puzzle. Right. I mean, it was just very right. puzzling to everybody. It was, right. what is going on here? And uh, the the really unique thing that happened to us was we find Miss Barbara Blunt She's missing. We start looking for her, obviously, looking for whatever we could find. We find her vehicle not far from her home, parked on a road. And by the time we get our crime unit out to where the vehicle is, water has came. Now nature's kicked in, Mother Nature, and we have water rising. And basically, we had water inside the vehicle before we can get it hooked onto a wrecker. Right, right. It, it was it was that crazy. Right. And so we did a lot of searches and we've um but, you know DNA samples. I mean, we've done but, a lot with this case. Yeah, let me back it up for a second. I think it was May 2nd, 2008. Yes. Miss Barbara Blunt lived and and I saw all the photographs of the home. I haven't been there yet, but I, I plan to go there, y'all. The, the this house it's a nice, nice house, uh, very well kept. I mean, I was almost like OCD kept. It was so clean. Yes, Those things clean. are so neat. And it, it was during the daytime during that, the she, the day. the, that she went missing. And um, just other than a, a couple of items, and I'll get into it on later episodes, it, uh, it, was, it appeared she was doing some type of spring cleaning. And... Then she's gone, right? And and then I, I think y'all responded, and uh, the you know, short time later, her her vehicle was found on a, on a hunting hunt. Road. It was a hunt, yes, yeah, a hunting lease. Hunt lease. But then y'all, the weather they said just the bottom the fell bottom out, fell like out twelve inches of rain in a matter of hours, and a flash flooding comes through. Could, I mean, and and they're trying to work the, the even the vehicle at this time, so yeah. it can't catch a break. And and but nothing. And, and now the, the and, and we'll get into uh, I'll get into the details on later episodes. But the the the, the things that they've done uh, to go outside the box to investigate this case are, are, are pretty much just simply genius. Uh, on top of what you would do on a regular case, right? But still. It's, and I hate, I don't, I shouldn't feel bad by using the term. I, it, it sounds kind of harsh, but it's a ghost. I mean, yes. it, it literally. It, it really is. It's like I said, I mean, look, we, we get a lot of tips on Barbara Blunt. Yeah, and sure. I'd say yearly we get tips. And sure. We may get a name or we may get some other information. And, and you've looked at the file. We, right. we follow up on oh, that. It's a, it's and, a, and we went to the extreme. Right. Um, oh, I, I know. On, on, I'm reaching out. And that's that's why we're, we're here in the studio today is, yeah. is for that purpose. Right. And and so, y'all, Ms. Blunt's been declared legally dead mm-hmm. by now. And, and of course, you know, you can't say one way or another it, it, if it's a homicide or anything like that because you, you don't have any evidence, but she, right. but she's gone. The vehicles, you know, moved, et cetera. So, but life is somebody out there knows something. And if, if we can, if we could call it a crime, then I always say, and Sheriff, I know you know this, there's no such thing as a perfect crime. At some point, somebody's going to mess up a, a, along the way. Right. Correct. But the, um, uh, it's been what, 
12 years, going 11, 12 years, something like that. And and people get older, uh, they mature. You may have heard something back in in the day or over the years or whatever and not come for it. And, hey, we get that. If you you know that there's a killer out there and and, and you don't want to come for it, then I get that. But... You can call it in, and we'll get into all the details in, in, in later episodes, et cetera. But we need y'all's help. Somebody out there knows what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt, and the we've got to do it life as you can pull it together. We did it before. We can do it again, and this family deserves closure. And that's my only goal. You know, I, I really want to get this this family closure. Right, right. Know, they deserve that, and and somebody does. They they know what happened. Absolutely. And we we have to do whatever we can do to reach out. And and you said it earlier, and 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 I, I can't really put my wrap my finger around it either. But you know, there's people that uh, don't want to talk to law enforcement. Right. And and a part of me understand understand that. Right. And uh, so that's why you know I came to you yeah and you know if they'll reach out to you i mean let them reach out to you and i'm okay whatever uh because again at the end of the day i just want to solve this for this family because they deserve this that's it you just gave me goosebumps i can see the passion in your face and and you're right and it's not about who solves it it's about getting it solved right and so lifers you gotta appreciate i appreciate you giving us a chance to to reach out and and um, do this, and it's unheard of for law enforcement to reach out to a podcast to help solve a cold case, and I think it's genius because you know we have such a huge fan base of lifers in this area, and at the end of the day, it's our joint mission to find out what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt and crowdsourcing again, and lifers the. As the episodes go on, just like in Coco's case, the as the weeks go on and the word spreads and the word gets out about this, more people are going to listen. And the people who did this, the people who know, mm-hmm. are going to listen. And right. they, they'll probably be the first one to listen every week, right? So, But y'all, somebody out there, you know or you heard something, just have a gut feeling about something and you're afraid to come forward, here's the deal. You come forward, you reach out to Gemini uh, through the anonymous line, it's not going to give you up. And we'll never release your name or your information to anyone, including law enforcement, unless you want us to. But but just give us the information. Let us us do what we do, and let's find out what happened with Barbara Blunt. And um, it's just so important. Think about it if it was your mama or your sister or your aunt or your grandmother it, and she'd been missing all these years think about the what this family suffers daily and we'll get with them and you'll get to hear directly from them because imagine your mama being gone vanished and and she was a widower correct her yes. husband got killed in 2004 right. in, a, in, a, accident. in a, an accident so you know what you know people do the right thing, come forward. You did not have to put your name to it. I will never divulge it. I don't have to. Um, but we need your information. And yours might be that little hunch you had about so-and-so way back when or whatever, or the, the little statement um, someone told you 
No tip is too small, y'all. At, at anything, I don't care how crazy you think it might sound in your head or whatever. Send it to us, okay? We can do this. We can find out what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt. Um, and I want to say something on that too. It, it, you're you're exactly right. No tips too small. That's, that's right. A lot of people, right. uh, unfortunately, they'll say things like, "Well, you know, I, I thought I, I seen her, or maybe she was with somebody, but I didn't. I wasn't really sure." It doesn't matter it, it, if you think that's right that you know something, right. or you think that you may know who's involved, or anything. Uh, we need that information. I mean, we we do have tools to be able to help right. us to verify if what you've seen is true but we have to have that information to follow right. up on and the old that's saying along for it we're only as good as the information we receive exactly sometimes right. and we need that information no matter how small that's exactly right and y'all like on on courtney's case the the all it was all the small pieces that all the different individuals sent in that we were able jim and i were able to piece together me with the boots on the ground doing, Jim doing the analytical work. We were able to piece it together. And, of course, we Sheriff, we were getting like 150 calls a day. And, mm-hmm. and we, as you know, we had to just like, we're not law enforcement anymore, but we and we didn't have any help. Right. Uh, uh, we didn't have certainly people that were willing to help us if we needed it, et cetera. Right. So we, we did it, and we the – as you know, sometimes cases roll when you, you're looking at one person really hard and it just totally ended up being something totally different, right? right. But it, it all came, y'all, from the different different lifers given the different – and it started with the, the, the smallest piece of information and right. that went to another piece and that went to another piece. But you know what? I'm telling you, you're older now. If you knew something back in the day, you know you you probably have kids of your own or a family of your own, and that's what happened in Courtney's case. And people started coming forward; they were thinking, "Oh my God, you know what? I held on to this all these years. It was just mm-hmm. a thought." And y'all, we got to do it for Miss Barbara Blunt. All right, we got to do it for this family. Put yourself in their shoes. I know it's one thing when I'm sitting here talking to the sheriff today about it, and we're talking about the base facts of the case, but when you hear this family's pain, just like you heard uh, uh, us do in the past, when you hear the real pain, right? And Sheriff, I know you know this family, and right. and, and and that it, they're tore up. I'm they actually, are. I mean, it's just. I mean, you can only imagine what they're going through. I mean, yeah. I've been around them, and I have detectives that have became real close to them. Right. I mean, they're on a first name basis. Sure. Uh, it's just. It's. It's very sad. Right. To, to watch this. This. Uh, this go on and. Again, that's our motivation is, yeah. is to and, get that closure. And they live with it every, every day, day, every minute of every day. And um, and so what if it was your mama and or your family member? But I tell you this, Sheriff, the, um, we'll either solve it or I'm going to die working on it of old age. I know I'm you not will. not ever going to get off of it. So I really appreciate it. And y'all, again... This is a whole different ballgame. I think we're like 99% ahead of where we started in past cases. We have the level of professionalism, and the the work has been impeccable. Uh, uh, and I, I, I'm not just saying that, but because I know those guys, and, and, and the 
and I met with them for many hours the other day at your office, and they're just like you. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the one that eats them, right? And, oh, and, it does. And, and, and look, you've seen the ca- the case file. It's, it's huge, huge because right, every absolutely. year there's something that goes on, uh, and, and, and it's just it's so it's, much. And, every, there's and, so much information. And, and so y'all were doing today again announcing the case. I know a lot of y'all have been waiting on it, so we're going to start putting out more and more in. But you can start calling now, and we'll, I'll get the tip line in on on the show notes, and we'll have it on the social media and everything. But we're going to we need you to share it, share it, share it, share it, uh, share the episode, get it out. Uh, uh, share. I think we're, uh, we're going to do some stuff with, with media and, right. uh, and, and push out even further. Share it, share it, share it, and the more it gets out there, the more will come through uh, um but I, I i don't know i i the 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 <coughs> i just really really appreciate you being a, a visionary and stepping outside the box like this all right and and i promise you that we're going to do the best that we can and we're not going to get off of it and again the y'all you know, for uh, a man in his position to put aside anything, you know, whatever. It, it, you 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 heard it. It's not about pride or or whatever. It's about finding out what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt, and I, I think that's huge. I think it speaks volumes to you. Yeah, at, at, you know, uh, sometimes we we get. Uh, you said it earlier again. It, it, it's easy to get tunnel vision on these cases. Sure. And you get on on one track, right? And, right. and you can miss things, right? And, and I've learned over the years, don't ever get tunnel vision, right? Even if the evidence is leading right. one way, don't get tunnel. If you if right. you get that tunnel vision, you're going to miss things. Yeah. And in, in this case, we uh, we were very good about not getting tunnel vision because yeah. there's no, there wasn't no way to that. get tunnel vision. That's right, right. Uh, but yeah. where I'm I'm at today is uh, I want to go as far out of the box as if I have to, sure, um, to utilize whatever tools necessary, which we have been doing. Uh, this is a new tool to us, right? Right. And, uh, what you guys are doing, I think, is phenomenal. Yeah, and, well, I appreciate uh, reaching that. out to a crowd, a, a lot bigger crowd, and, right. and getting their attention. Right. And uh, this family, the family, deserves this. Right. Right. And so, uh, I won't take much more of your time, but man, I really appreciate you. And and um, it's it's huge. The, uh, I just thank you for it. I really do, and, and I hope, I, I pray that we can get the closure, and this won't be keeping you up at night anymore. Right? right. And so, I appreciate it. I know uh, you, you and Jim both, and yeah. work the streets with y'all. So right, I know your capabilities, right, right. and I, I know you have the knowledge, and and right. uh, and, and having the, the the outreach that you do is. is Hopefully, yeah. going to bring some yeah. kind of closure to this case. We got. I'm, I'm excited. Anytime we get any kind of information, right. that we might we may not have information on this particular case, what we're doing, but I just have a feeling that this is going to lead to a lot more information. Right. And then, y'all, again, I want to thank thank you, Sheriff, for being here. You took the time out of your day to drive and meet us at the studio and everything else. And uh, I mean, you didn't have to do that, but again, it goes to show how much you care and how much you want to solve this case. And we appreciate it. And lifers, we're really going to be doing a lot more on this. The We're just scratching the tip of the iceberg. But somebody knows what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt. Somebody knows. Let's bring it home. Spread it. 
there's there's power in 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 the word. Spread it, and and more people will come forward, and we can do this and bring it home. Find out what happened with Barbara Blunt. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you. All right, y'all. I posted on social media big news for real life, real crime this week, and I'm about to drop it on you. We are officially announcing the real life, real crime first offense tour. It's going to be amazing, y'all. The our first show date. House of Blues, April 4th in New Orleans, Louisiana, is canceled. We will reschedule soon. We're going to be doing a live podcast and followed with an intimate acoustic performance by Tom Play. And y'all know who they are, the official recording artist for Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. We will reschedule soon. Now, our second stop, if you will, on the first defense tour is in... Alexandria, Louisiana, on April the 17th at the Alexandria Convention Hall. Now, this is a big one, y'all. The the We're going to do a full live podcast, theater seating, 750 people, okay? It's going to be a great crowd. We're going to have this alcohol vendors going to be there, but you will have seats. And when we get done, we're going to be followed up immediately by the Chase Tyler Band. And y'all know who Chase Tyler is. If you don't know, he's one of the hottest up-and-coming country performers uh, in this the area. Show, and we'll in fact, last year he was inducted into the Louisiana the Country Music Hall of Fame. So he puts on a hell of a show. So you get real life, real crime, and then you're going to get the Chase Tyler Band. They're going to rock it, and we'll have that convention hall blowing it up. And we also are going to have hotel rates, special hotel rates uh, through the Holiday Inn, which is connected to the convention hall, so you you don't have to drive anywhere. Again, huge performance, huge crowd, huge party on April 17th. Now, the third stop on the first offense tour is April the 18th at the world-famous Ten Lizzie's bar on the Tickfall River. Now, y'all heard me talk about swamp bars in all the episodes. Tin Lizzie's is probably the oldest and the first and original swamp bar, okay? And I'll be there doing what I do. And when I get done, the Chase Tyler Band will be taking the stage and rocking the house all night long. And included in your ticket fee is a huge plate of, I think it's going to be pasta y'all. And for y'all outside of Louisiana that don't know, that's just jambalaya without the rice with the pasta in it. But it's going to be a kick-ass, great time. So you don't want to miss it. Get your tickets by going to eventbrite.com for both the Alexandria show on April the 17th and for 10 Lizzie's on April the 18th. And these tickets go on sale today. All right, y'all, check this out. The First Offense Tour continues throughout the summer. We will be going to Dallas, Texas, the Big D. Dates to be announced soon. Then we're going to be bringing the First Offense Tour back home to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to our people. A huge show, huge venue. Dates to be announced on March the 9th. We're going to do a never-before-heard live podcast, and then the Chase Tyler Band will be 
taking the stage and rocking the house for our hometown crew. Next up, Houston, Baytown area. Dates to be announced soon. And the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, one of my favorite places in the world. Dates to be announced soon. And we're likely going to have more cities, and we'll announce those locations and the dates as soon as we can lock them up. I just want to give another shout-out and thanks to Sheriff Jason R. for coming in today. It really means a lot. Sheriff, we appreciate you. And for everybody else, all you patron members, you know we love and appreciate you so much. We love all our members, and y'all please keep liking us and sharing us. You're making us grow huge. It's so very important. And till next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Get ready, you're gonna do time.